Welcome to The Secret Life of Entrepreneurs. Stay tuned to meet today's guest and hear their story of what makes them tick, what drives them to succeed, and their role in growing a thriving business community. The Secret Life of Entrepreneurs chronicles the success and secrets of locally owned businesses and owners. Listen in live as we discuss their secrets and learn how they are making a positive impact in their community. You're listening to your host, Bart McGrath, business leader, entrepreneur, and founder of the Get Found on Google program. Let's get started. Well, just before I introduce our guest today, I want to make sure that everyone stays tuned in right to the very end. Jill's got a little bit of a um, exciting announcement for us, or maybe it's not an announcement, but she's got an event coming up. And I've asked her to talk about the event. Uh, so she's going to give us the skinny on all the details coming up with Junto Talks. Hey, I got that right. Good job. <laughs> I've been practicing Junto all morning. And I didn't get it right till Jill got here and taught me how to do that. Anyway, our guest today is Jill Poulton from Transformational Leadership. She's an executive coach, a leadership coach, a, a supporter, a mentor, um, a leader, an advisor, um, a trusted friend. The list goes on and on. Welcome, Jill. I am so happy to have you here today. Oh, thank you, Barb. It's good to be here. Very good. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. Mm-hmm. Who are you? Yeah. Where did you come from? Where did I come from? Here? Well, I'm a prairie girl, you know. Right. Born and raised, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I am. I'm born and raised here in Regina, and um, leadership has always kind of been my thing. You know, you, you hear lots of um, memes or see lots of memes about, you know, don't tell the little girl that she's bossy because she's a leader. You know, that was me. I was the little bossy girl uh, growing up. Welcome and- to my world. <laughs> I'm going to like this conversation. And um, and so anyway, as an adult, it just became something that was of interest to me, something that I kind of got good at, not just in my world, but being able to share what I was learning and what I was doing with other people, because I've mm-hmm. also had a bend for teaching. Okay. And then when I was in the corporate world, I was introduced to this idea of coaching. And Ah. I was given some quality tools, Mm -hmm. coaching tools that I was able to add to my um, leadership toolkit and being able to use those tools in meaningful ways really made a difference. Yes. In meaningful ways. Yes. That is so important, right? To have a toolbox full of stuff that you can't use. Yeah. It's useless. Yeah. (laughs) You're preaching to the convenience there. So, so yeah, when, so I was in the corporate world for a number of years and after the birth of my second son, um, you know, the world kind of, the financial world changed, right? Mm -hmm. It was, you know, 2008, the, um, mortgage market Mm -hmm. took a, a, made a A huge impact on the, um, on the economy. And I was working for a bank at the time Mm -hmm. and after my son was born in 2009. And then when I was, when I came back in 2010, the world had changed. Anyway, long story short, saw the writing on the wall made the decision to uh, leave corporate. And because of my um, talents and success, my track record with coaching and training, specifically in the areas of leadership, um, it was it was a good time for me to venture into my own leadership development practice. Got it. Okay. Yeah, so that, that was in 2011, and I've been doing it ever since. Got it. 
Excellent. So um, one of the things that I heard you talk about as you were giving us um, kind of your story is being able to share, share the value of sharing that story, mm. right? And um, that's something that I've become acutely aware of, I think, in the last little while, because when you can share a, a personal or a passionate story with someone, it helps them understand your why mm-hmm. so much more than if you just say, you know, I do this, right? There's there's no story behind that. Um, so is that something that you find yourself working on? How do you share your story? Um, how do you help others share their story? Because again, that definitely helps leaders. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you do that? Well, I tell you, telling stories or sharing stories was not something that I was accustomed to leaving the corporate environment. Mm-hmm. It was something that I learned as an entrepreneur okay. and I would I would also say I'm continuing to learn as an entrepreneur. Uh, storytelling isn't necessarily something that I come naturally by so to speak in okay. the professional world. Like I'm a storyteller in my personal life but it's not something that, you know, necessarily translates in, into my professional life as as easily as I think it could, it could. right? So, okay, see, but, that's what's interesting to me yeah. because I'm the same. I can tell stories to family and friends, probably ad nauseum, and in fact, probably to the point where they wish I would stop. But when you bring that into the corporate environment, the work environment, the client environment, it doesn't translate. And that's something that I, I don't know, I just personally, I find that very interesting. Mm-hmm. It doesn't transpose. Any thoughts on why? Yeah, because most corporate cultures are... It's all about business. Okay. And it's only been in the last decade that stories have, or this idea of storytelling has started to permeate the corporate culture. So traditionally, it hasn't been part of, um, you know, the way of doing business, mm-hmm. storytelling, unless you were specifically talking about marketing. Right. Right. In marketing, yeah. Everybody knows that you need to tell some sort of story. Right. Um, But inside the corporate culture, Mm -hmm. not so much. So I think it's still this relatively new idea that people are getting used to. It kind of falls into the um, bucket of those soft skills. Right. Yes, which we're recognizing are so much more important. soft skills don't necessarily get the amount of attention that they deserve, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're not appreciated or valued to the same extent as some other skill sets, right? right? So I, I put the, the storytelling and the story sharing in that, in that bucket of soft skills. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Okay. So 2008, your son is born. The markets have changed. Uh, you decide it's time for Jill to go, to go out on her own. Mm-hmm. How did you decide what you wanted to do? What was your burning passion inside that said, this is what I need to do? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't know if I necessarily approached it that way. Okay. Um, Like I mentioned, you know, I've always had this bend for uh, teaching people Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then that morphed into coaching and, and it was just something that I super enjoyed doing. Like it lights me up when I'm doing those things. And it was also something that I was able to see a noticeable difference in the people that I was working with when I was in that place of Uh, coaching or training. Right. And so when the time came to leave corporate, Mm -hmm. um, 
that was it was a seed that was actually planted by um a, a friend that I met through the Regina Women's Network while I was still in corporate, even before I, oh, I got pregnant okay. with my second son. Mm-hmm. She said, Jill, have you ever considered doing this on your, like for yourself with right. other people? Mm-hmm. Because at the time, other people outside of the corporation sure. were wanting to work with me, but they didn't like me doing things, you know, outside the bricks and mortar. of. Right. And so anyway... So that seed planted in fertile soil, and it just started blossom. And uh, a mentor of mine in the corporate world, she left a few years prior, okay. and she was doing this. She was doing it in Calgary, and I saw the work that she was doing, and I saw the joy that she was having, and that she was really able to create her own economy. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, I can do this too. And what really solidified the um, the possibility for me mm-hmm. was the same. Same week that I handed in my resignation, okay. my mentor at the time, mentor from a distance, John C. Maxwell, oh. he launched his team the same week. Like, we're talking 48 hours apart. Oh. And I had been following John for years yes. and applying what he uh, writes about and applying what he speaks about, mm-hmm. not just in my own career and in my own life, but I was sharing it with others. Okay. And so when he launched his team, mm-hmm. the same time that I handed in my resignation, yeah, I was I, like, yeah. okay. There's serendipity at work here, no kidding. right? And so I became part of his team, which gave me even more, more tools, more resources. Yes. And it also gave me a community of people, mm-hmm. like my tribe, right? <laughs> yes, and that, so that important. made a huge difference too. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's, that's how it came to be. Yeah. Okay. You know, it, that's very interesting to me because one of the things that I quickly learned when I became an entrepreneur is yeah in the corporate world you talk about it being lonely at the top but when you're an entrepreneur it's lonely at the coffee shop at the mm-hmm. kitchen table in your office wherever you call home it's lonely if there's a problem you got to start to figure it out and solve yeah. it and not having that team that tribe of people to immediately talk to that was really hard at first. And then I just started bending my husband's ear all the time and no, you have to listen. (laughs) Right. But it's not quite the same. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I have to think that with John launching his team at that time, that must've just been fortuitous for you. Oh, it was incredible. And you know, at the time we were, I mean, there was less than a thousand of us globally. Okay. And, and we were like, a thousand, a thousand people globally. So we were just sparse. We were spread out all over the place. Yeah. And the only place that we were able to connect until our first conference was mm-hmm. online, right? Oh, okay. And mm-hmm. even then until, I mean, today, here we are nine, eight years later, and the John Maxwell team is now almost 20,000 people worldwide. Wow. So there are other people here in Regina. But and those first few years, you you know, like you said, you crave that human connection, that mm-hmm. human interaction. Yes. And I was craving it, you know, as an extrovert, right? Yeah. Um, I was really, that was one of the things that I was missing tremendously from the corporate world was that camaraderie. Mm-hmm. And so I had this idea in my brain that rattled around for probably a year okay. before I took action. Mm-hmm. And you used the word earlier and and it was the Junto. And so five years ago, I launched the, this, the Junto group. Okay. And 
Um, and the only reason why I was able to do that is because I came across this website that was called meetup.com. And I was like, what the heck is meetup.com? But it was the answer to the question of, okay, I've got this great idea, but how am I going to facilitate it? Because scheduling all these meetups Mm -hmm. was like, that would be time consuming to be plugging it into my website all the time. And Mm -hmm. and, like, Mm -hmm. it was just, it just was overwhelming administratively. Mm -hmm. So then when meetup.com showed up on my computer, I was like, Hey, this is the answer that I need. And so I launched that November. I can't remember what it was. It was the first Friday in November of 2014. So we probably just passed that five year anniversary. We just passed the five year mark. Mm -hmm. And so, and then the word Junto, it's spelled, it's spelled J-U-N-T-O. So So people often say it's Junto, but it's, it's a Spanish word. So the J is pronounced with an H. It's Junto. Mm -hmm. And it translates together, um, or gathering. Okay. And the word, because I'm not Spanish, I mean, <laughs> right? You're red hair. I know, right? Um, but the word was inspired by Benjamin Franklin. Okay. And Benjamin Franklin, um, if anybody's familiar with his story, he ran a junto group for like 20 years. It was Friday nights. Um, it was a group of prominent men in uh, Philadelphia at the time. Mm-hmm. And they would look at things like politics, business, economy, philosophy. I mean, anything that was required to create this new America. Right. And anyway, and Benjamin... He organized this gathering every week. He would facilitate a dialogue through a series of questions based on a topic of that week. Okay, so the topic would be assigned in advance. Yes. And then people would, and then the members of the Junto group would have to come and contribute to the topic. Now, he was pretty hardcore, and Mm -hmm. we didn't have the distractions that we have today. And so he would assign people essays and he, and this was this, like it was huge. They would meet like for four or five hours every week on a Friday night. This was their life. And anyway, so I took, I took about 10% of that (laughs) and created the leadership junto where we talk about leadership, entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. and success mindset, because There's so much overlap in those three areas, Mm -hmm. and those are the areas that I operate in um, as an expert. So, um, so every week, a lot of them, a lot of the people that attend are entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. um, and we have a topic every week. I come prepared with a series of questions. Do we get through all of them? No, because it's only an hour. Exactly. But the conversation and the transformation that happens in the space of that hour Mm -hmm. is actually quite mind-blowing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And you've been doing that for five years. Five years. So, like, weekly, five years, 52 meetings a year, give or take a few summer ones. Yeah. That's 250 meetings. Roughly, yeah. Topics. Yeah. Right? Planning, preparation. No, yeah. meetup.com doesn't mm-hmm. exist anymore, does it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Oh, does it? Oh, yeah. Okay. For some reason, I thought it was gone. They've gone through some changes over the years because they've, I think they've been bought, well, they were bought at least once, maybe twice since I started using that platform. Mm-hmm. But, um, but they're still around. They're still used. Oh. And in fact, um, the, the majority of people, and this is an observation, the majority of people that use it mm-hmm. are people who are new to Regina. So a lot of larger city centers Mm -hmm. are familiar with the platform. Yes. um, And they utilize it, whereas in Regina, it's still this emerging thing. However, I will say, you know, when I first started using Meetup, there was only, I think, maybe four or five groups 
Okay. On it, and now there's like I I can't even count how many. There's so many. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and so you know it's what, fantastic. Maybe that's why I thought they were gone because I know I used to get their weekly updates for everything that was happening in Regina, and it got mm. to be too much. Mm. I couldn't filter it down to you know what might be of interest, and so I think I unsubscribed and. There you go. And it, and it all went away. So if somebody yeah. wanted to attend uh, one of the Friday morning meetings, mm-hmm. do they need to contact you? What do they do? Yeah. Well, so they can follow along on meetup.com okay. and just search Leadership Junto and you'll mm-hmm. you'll find us. J-U-N-T-O. J-U-N-T-O. That's right. And, um, and then you'll see what the topic is for that week. Mm-hmm. We always meet at 930 on a Friday, okay. like 930 in the morning. Mm-hmm. We start, I, I try super super hard to start on time and keep it to one hour because we all have busy lives and we meet at sweet bakery and coffee shop which is um, delicious right on the corner of broad and college Mm -hmm. and in the private room and so you just you show up right right Mm -hmm. and just be prepared to meet some great people and have some really meaningful conversation and stretch your thinking yes so let's go down that path because I mean, um, from the the listener standpoint, how can you help me be a better leader? That's a great question. Well, I couldn't, I can't give you a blanket answer okay. um, because I would have to get to know you first. Yes, and find and out. You don't need to do a live coaching session. With no, <laughs> although that would be really super interesting, <laughs> Maybe that's Barb. The <laughs> Oh, yeah, so with Barb. I, I like to get to know where people are at um, and where they want to be, Okay, right? A lot of the work that I do with my clients, we start with self-leadership. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's, that's the hardest. Right? You can lead yourself. You can lead others. But, but leading yourself, sticking to that, I don't know, diet, exercise plan, commitments. Yeah, like it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, if you can learn to lead yourself first, mm-hmm. it absolutely makes leading others so much easier. Yes. Um, it doesn't mean that you aren't going to bump into challenges and issues. Oh, of course. But I'll tell you, you are better equipped mm-hmm. and you have greater fortitude to ride some of those challenges that yes. come your way when you're leading others. Exactly. Right? So we always, always start with self-leadership, then looking at um, leading others and... And that leading others, if that's your one person team or 20 people team, or if it's an entire organization, right? We put that into perspective based on who the client is and what's happening in their world, right? right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there are basic leadership principles that we will look at first and we'll do kind of an assessment around and then we figure out the game plan. Right. So most of the folks that you're working with then, um, it's obviously one-on-one work or mm-hmm. your um, group programs on Friday morning. So they're working one-on-one with you. And do you find that most people come and say, Jill, I want to be better at X? Or do they simply come to you and say, Jill, I know I can do better. Can you help? Like, wh- how, how do people approach you? What does that look like? Yeah, it's interesting because um, I work, half my clients are entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And so as an entrepreneur, most of them are like, okay, I want to be doing this with my business, mm-hmm. but, you know, I'm getting stuck. Yeah. Right. And, or I've got the other half of my clients are in an organization, big or small business, mm-hmm. and they've got a team of people. Okay. And they're looking at their team of people and saying, okay, either we're not maximizing the potential or the performance with these people Mm -hmm. and I need to do better. Right. 
or um, I keep I keep bumping into this wall. Okay. And how do I how do I get past it? Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So th- they're getting stuck. Okay. And a lot of it is um, stuck in their own thinking, stuck in their perspective. And so we need to get it unstuck. Lots of times, whatever the situation is, it's a story that we're telling ourselves, either mm-hmm. about ourselves yes. or about the person the or about situation. the situation. Yes, that's self-talk piece. So, we're, you know, earlier we're talking about stories, right? Well, we tell ourselves stories all the time. All the time. They're not just necessarily stories that serve us well. Yes. Right. And in so many cases, they're not even true stories, but they're stories we've convinced ourselves yeah. are who we are. Yeah. Because society told us, our parents told us, you know, here's the role we were supposed to play. Um, and so, yeah, these stories play over and over and over in our head. Yeah. How the heck do you kick those out? Yeah. So I act as a, as a thinking partner. Okay. Right? So people will tell me what their, their challenges are, and then through a coaching conversation, which is very question-based and curiosity-based, mm-hmm. I, I help expand their awareness to see what's going on from different angles, Okay, right? And to challenge some of their assumptions that they're making either about themselves or about the situation. Oh, that's very insightful, Jill. I like that. One of the things that I've always admired about our conversations, you and I, um, is, is A, you ask insightful questions, but you ask such good open-ended questions. Mm. So um, a leader's ability to ask the right question uh, or an open-ended question, especially when there is any kind of conflict happening, you know, is really key. And I'm always great at making statements. (laughs) My kids will tell you that, hands down. (laughs) Um, But being able to ask the right question, Mm -hmm. that's a skill. Is that something that how do you get better at that do you mm. any any ideas on that's that that's a great question because it's it's something that i've had to develop mm-hmm. um so i've of course as a coach when you're going through coach training you learn how to ask better questions okay but i have to say what has transformed my ability to ask great questions was to focus on developing my listening skills. Mm, yes, listening first. Yeah, yeah. And that started even before I started coach training. Uh, you know, being able to listen because I'm a talker. I just said I'm an extrovert, right? So I like to talk a lot. You and sometimes I'm really too much. <laughs> and so um, I got some feedback mm-hmm. one time and I realized, okay, I need to do less talking, more listening. And listening is more than just the auditory. Oh, absolutely. Right? So I created an acronym and folks, here's my gift to you today. If you got a pen and paper, write this one down. It's L-O-L. See, it's easy to remember mm-hmm. because most people think laugh out loud. And I redefined it as listen observe and learn oh, listen very- observe and learn so you're listening to what's being said and mm-hmm. listening to what's mm-hmm. not being said okay. but then you're also observing the the person who or the situation mm-hmm. right yes. and you're noticing the cues the body language the facial expressions exactly. the 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 tone all the right all the intangible stuff sometimes mm-hmm. and then you're putting it all together and 
and you have to ask yourself, okay, so what is what is the deeper meaning going on? What is the what is the goal behind the goal? What is the message behind what's being said? What mm-hmm. is and and just learning to learn you have to become curious and so you start asking yourself these questions and then you're listening and you're observing for the answers right and then sometimes you can't you can't observe or hear the answers you have to ask the question exactly right and so lol has really served me so well for so many years yeah and that makes a lot of sense um one of the things that that I find is you're having a conversation with somebody, you're you know you're listening. We're always thinking about how we're going to respond. Mm. When we stop thinking about how we'll respond and we actually focus on the conversation, it actually not that this is a bad thing, but it slows the conversation yes. down because we're not knee jerk responding to mm. whatever the other person said, whether it's. You know, a, a conflict or just an everyday conversation. Yeah. By listening to you and not thinking about what I need to say next, yeah. I'm I'm much more engaged in the conversation, right? And that creates a much more valuable and rich conversation that I can now learn from you. I will take LOL and I will take it home and I will remember it and you know, yeah. hopefully I'll practice it. <laughs> and you know, and to that point, you know, when we're when we're listening and we're thinking, okay, what am I going to say next? What am I going to do? You know, we're very self-focused when we're in that mindset, yes. mm-hmm. right? But if I come and I'm with the intention of the LOL, the listen, observe, and learn, where's my focus? My focus is on you. Yes, that's right. So we remove ourselves from the equation mm-hmm. and we become an, a, a participant of the equation. Right, exactly. Right? And so we're able to serve people better mm-hmm. from that posture yeah then if we're just thinking about okay what do i need to say what do i need to ask what do i you know how am i right mm-hmm. and, and you're just waiting for the next opportunity to talk and we'll, you know so exactly yeah, yeah. it's oh now it's going to be my turn so i need something to say and mm-hmm. yes back mm-hmm. and forth um we only have oh goodness we only have a couple jill we only have a couple minutes left <laughs> <laughs> we knew this was going to go by fast i i was going to ask you one more question but i'm not so uh jill Quickly tell us how people can find you if they want to learn more about you, your coaching practice, or Junto Talks. So jillpolton.com, J-I-L-L-P-O-U-L-T-O-N.com. That's how you can find me. Um, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, LinkedIn. I get around online. In a good way. She said that. In a good way. And so if you're interested in learning more about Junto, uh, I already mentioned meetup.com. We're on Facebook. Now, Junto Talks is a celebration of community. It's an evening on November 21st uh, at the U of R College Avenue campus. Awesome. Uh, in the evening from 7 to 9 p.m., we are going to be featuring six speakers from inside our Junto community. Nice. And they each have an incredible story to tell of how they faced adversity in their life. Mm-hmm. And they were able to transform that adversity into a gift. Very nice. That sounds like a fantastic event. Yes. Jill, I have to wrap us up today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank this was you. was a, a fantastic conversation. And yes, we both knew it was going to go so quickly. Absolutely. Uh, I will be back here on November 27th, two weeks from today, with Wendy Turner-Larson uh, from Turner-Larson Consulting. And she's going to talk to us um, 
a little bit more on this concept of connection. So Jill and I kind of started the conversation today, and we're going to continue that conversation with Wendy. In our society now, I think it's one of the uh, key things that we're all looking for is more connection. We are out of time. I'd like to thank you for joining us today on The Secret Life of Entrepreneurs. As always, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please email me at barb at googlegirl.ca or reach out on Facebook and Instagram at Above the Fold CA. Just a reminder, you can even submit questions in advance of the live show uh, on any of our social media channels. I'm your host, Barb McGrath, local business owner, digital marketer, and Google girl. Remember, you worked hard for your success. Don't keep it a secret. Bye for now.